Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. We are so glad that you are here. And I may need to go up just a little bit louder because it's raining and it's a tin roof. So you can either hear the rain or you can hear me. Uh, Man, we're glad that you're here. Glad you're here. Let me look at you real quick. Purpose. Destiny. Man, it's good to see you. It's good to be seen. It's good to be seen, isn't it? Come on. The last five weeks, we have spent time talking about spiritual battles. We, we, we know the Bible teaches us that we are in spiritual battles. And we believe as a church that we've got to push back. We can't just let every thought in our mind. We can't just let everything happen and us be in submission to what's going on, where fear begins to just rise in our heart, where negativity and problems and criticisms and, and all that stuff just begins to fester in us. The Bible tells us that we can resist the enemy and he will what? He will flee. Well, he ain't fleeing if we don't resist. And some of y'all need to know, listen, you don't have to camp out with the devil. You don't have to make him your roommate. You can resist some of the lies and the thoughts. And I just want to encourage you, if you've missed the last couple weeks, if you've been busy, if you've been traveling, you're getting ready for school, download our app. Listen to the last five, four sermons. Because we started out talking about we trust God. We trust God. Then we moved into the fact that we're going to, as believers, choose love over fear. We're going to choose love. It's a choice. It's not a feeling. We choose it. We choose love. Then we talked about suiting up, getting our dress right, getting our clothing right, getting the suit of the armor of God, come on, on our life, protecting our vitals. And last week we talked about when you're knocked down, you've got to get back up. You've got to press in. You've got to press into His uh, power. You've got to press into uh, what He has for you. And so we're just so excited about this series, Pushback. And, and I do believe that even prophetically, spiritually, I believe that is, as you begin to work this into your life, I cannot promise you a problem-free life. Nobody can. The Bible doesn't even promise you problem-free. But it does say you can be victorious. And we need some victory. Come on, back in God's people. We need some victory back in the church. We need to believe that the Bible says that we are the head and not the tail. Come on, does that make sense? And so we got to push back. And so today, as we begin to move into this, Today I want to talk about one of the biggest ways that you push back the enemy's plan from your life is that you got to be a giver. Giving. Everybody say giving. Everybody look at someone and say, you need this this morning. Come on, you need it. You need it. You need it. 
You need it. You need it. You got to be a giver. Anybody that, that does it hurt to give? Does it hurt to give sometimes? Be honest. Sometimes it does. It hurts to give. But God, listen, is a giver. And we are so excited about uh, what we're going to talk about today. Listen, anyone paying attention with what's going on in the Middle East can hear the cries for freedom. If it be from Americans that are there or Afghans that are there that are fighting under the Taliban control. And uh, I would just encourage you to continue to pray for families. Uh, man, you didn't wake up today. You didn't wake up today wondering who was going to take your child. You didn't wake up. That, that wasn't you. Today, that wasn't your concern. Your concern may have been on bills. It may have been on uh, movements. It may have been on but, but but that wasn't your concern this morning. And there are some people that have very real concerns. And so remember those that lost their lives. Remember those that are in it right now. Come on, we got to, the church got to pray. Listen, 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 here's the deal. We don't share compassion by only being compassionate about what we care about. The Bible says we mourn with those who are mourned. Come on, if you're winning today, I want to high five you. Listen, I'll do a little chest bump. I'll be excited. I'll do my end zone dance with you. But if you're hurting, I'm not going to end zone dance with you. That a Christian has to be observant to where people are at. We have to be led by the Holy Spirit to know, do we cheer in this moment or do we give compassion in this moment? And, and I would say this. I was thinking about this the other day. You know, it, in an ideal world, people who just want to destroy life, kill life, Taliban, all of, that, in an ideal world, we wouldn't have to deal with that. And I know that there have been times when you may have thought the person who hurt you, that you wished, oh, why do they even exist? If we're going to be honest, uh. And as a Christian, we got to figure out how we reconcile evil in the world. Because there is evil in the world. And I just want you to know that there are incredible stories from even inside this body of Christ. Where people are helping relocate children. Where people in the covert night, the, the darkness of night are maneuvering people to get them to freedom. And I don't know about you, but it is just something about people who want to give. There's just something about people who want to extend. And, and listen, we'll all clap and cheer for giving. Oh, we need to give, hoping that the person left to us or right of us is doing the giving. But I'm talking about, have you ever been impacted by somebody giving to you? The truth is, giving matters. Giving is intentional. And giving doesn't just happen. And come on, for those that are maybe sitting by you right now that you don't know what they've been doing to help people, uh, there are a lot of people in our church involved in some level of ministry 
uh, helping people. Come on, y'all give them a hand. Evil exists. How do we reconcile that? We've all been a part of evil. Can I just tell you, we live in a fallen world. We, we live in a world where evil is present. It wasn't God's plan for there to be chaos and carelessness. When God created all this, He was not creating a system or institution or structure that would harm people but would help people. Mankind, humanity, we were the ones that messed it up. And when I say we, all of us came from Adam. All of us came from Eve. God created mankind. Come on, does that make sense? And out of their choice, see, they were delegated authority. God created them and gave them all of the authority of what happens here. Okay? And we're going to walk through this a little bit. It's important to know, as a parent, we have four kids. And I'm going to say some things that I believe will encourage you, but also challenge you. Don't ever go to a church that you're not challenged. If you agree with 100% of everything that is said, you ain't challenged. Sometimes that agreement is digested and it is, I agree, but ugh, ugh. who did you just talk to? Did my wife email you? Did my husband text you? Woo. Because when you come to church, we are not resting only. Some people need to come and get rest. They need to rejuvenate their heart, their spirit. Come on, they, they need a moment. But some people, listen, you've been resting for a lot. And now it's time to be working out your spirit and you turn that stop sign into a stoplight and we need to get going again and we need to stop thinking about all the people that did us wrong or all the things that haven't happened or the fact that your brother or sister is making it and you're not and we need to get rolling in what God's purpose is for our life. Come on, is that good? Temptations happen for all of us. We all fight for power, wanting glory, or battling lustful desires. Can I just tell you, it is a little hypocritical to watch the news and say, here is what I would do, and our government, these people, that, this, that, whatever. I, if I was running the budget, here is what I would do when you don't run your own. Hear what I'm saying? It's a little hypocritical for you to judge everything that comes out of any authority's mouth, but you don't ever take account of what you say. See, don't judge the Bible. 
I'm not saying you can't assess. And I'm not saying that we can't make it better. And a lot of times leadership is about assessing and making it better. But all I'm telling you is that God is looking at our people. And if we're not careful, we will sit back and we will tell everybody what is wrong with their game plan, their game way, where they do it. And if you're not careful, we will be nothing more than fans in a stadium critiquing coaches, but you ain't playing. Help me. Is this good? How do you get into the game and play? That's the question. How do you get in the game? If you've ever coached anything, anybody ever coached a sport, done anything, come on, put your hands up. It's okay. Y'all, y'all, no, I'm not going to charge you for that. <laughs> you don't have to pay extra tithes for that. Just asking you a question. Listen, it's always funny when the parent of the kids that doesn't play is the one that tells you and talks to you about your strategy. <laughs> I think you should really be running the 3-2 running the instead of the... Uh, and you're like, why don't you take all that and Saturday morning teach your kid to dribble? And then when he can dribble, then he will play. And then you... come Help me. Some of y'all, this is too real for y'all. y'all. Y'all, y'all been away for a while, and now you're like, oh, we're just talking. God created a system that will work. God did not create a system that would fall apart and be in chaos. And so here's the thing, is the reason that we are challenged to give is because God is a giver and we follow his nature. Can I just tell you something real quick? Don't be mad at me. But if your children are beginning to respond in a culture that you don't like, You've got to back up and look and go, is that culture coming from me? You cannot say, I'm going to ground you for lying when you told your boss, I'm sick, but I went to the razor... You're not hearing me. Listen to what I'm saying. God's nature is to give, and he wanted giving to happen. You trucking. And so whatever comes from the Father, whatever comes from authority, the kids will grow up in, and they will emulate. Don't tell me you don't like your children. Come on. Let's talk about this. Genesis chapter 1 verse 28 says this. And God blessed them. Everybody say blessed. I know that we're in a crazy world of theology where everybody's like, God don't bless. God don't bless. He blesses. He wants good things for you. And he, listen, listen. God is never into entitlement. But he is into blessing. Don't get that twisted. Entitlement means that you can do whatever you want and have no responsibility. God is never into entitlement. He's into sonship and daughtership. That means everything that I got is yours, but when you leave, turn the light off, baby. What that means is 
that you are a son and daughter in this house. And so don't be putting that air condition down to 42. I walked up the other day. To, we have kind of a two-story area. And I walked by my boy's loft. And it was freezing like it was winter. It was, win it was snowing in my house. And I was like, I walked by, I could feel it. It wasn't the presence of God. It was the presence of anger instantly. And I look, Katie, I was like, Katie, she's like, what? I was like, what is going on up here? And I walked up and the air condition was on 47. <laughs> Can I tell you, everybody got saved in my house. Everybody got saved. I was like, I put duct tape over, do not touch. I put tasers, don't touch it until you pay for it. In Genesis chapter 128, it says, and God blessed them. God wants to bless you. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion. Come on, one more time. Online, everybody here, say dominion. dominion. Some of y'all, I just got to tell you, our culture has said that you managing, running, and moving in spiritual things, like what you can't control, what you can't control, the Bible says that He has given us authority and we have dominion. So that means you don't have to think every thought over and over and over again. You don't have to say everything that comes out of your mouth. You, you don't have to say every feeling you feel and it just come out. You got dominion. It means that you can make a choice. Well, you know, that's just how my mom was. That's how my mom was. That's how my daddy was. And we just speak our mind. That's why you're alone. Because you can't say everything that you feel trying to be real because if we say everything that we feel based on emotions emotions change is this true I know y'all working hard okay, let's keep going we have dominion over what comes out of our mouth we have dominion over the, some of the choices that we make. And if you live life like you don't have any control, I'm not talking about control over people. I'm talking about you. Okay? Don't get that messed up. I'm not talking about, well, you're trying to control everybody and you're making everybody check in and you're making it and you're, try, you're like, like you're the puppet master. You're not God. But you have the ability to wake up at whatever time you want. It's not the alarm's fault. Well, the alarm just went off at six. That's because you said it. Well, it didn't go off. Yes, it did. It either did or you bought something you don't know how to use. It either did or didn't. But you have that choice. Come on. God wants us to have dominion, and look what it says, over the fish, over the sea, fish of the sea, over the birds, heavens, over every living thing. Look, here's the deal. You're not under animals. You're not under what culture creates. 
You are, you have spiritual dominion. That means when you walk in, you don't look down. You're not insecure. God, God is moving in you. And our Christian culture needs to understand that you need to walk in with your head up. You have dominion. Father, God created you with a purpose. And you're not groveling. You're not... Come on. There is power in you, and you cannot let life's adversities take life from you. Before the fall of man, God had a system of giving set it up. He set up a system of giving. Here's the deal. The way the world was going to move forward is through giving. That's how he was going to do God gave first. So we don't give first. That's why when we preach about salvation, we talk about all that God has done. And we talk about that God has gone first. So let's talk about this. God spoke from the very beginning and he gave. Well, what did he give? He gave us light. Okay. He gave us life. He gave us relationships. And he gave us order. From the very beginning, if you go back, this is theology. God gave us light. He, he lights up darkness. He lights up confusion. He, light, he helps us see. When you come to church, there should be this moment in the Word where you begin to light. All of a sudden, your eyes are in focus. They're not blurry. You begin to see God. Life. Relationships. Order. Because He gave all of that, here's man. Man then begins to turn around because God set this in motion. Light. Life. Come on, you relationships. Hey. And then order. Y'all arrange it. Then man comes around and he goes, okay, I see the culture. Now I'm going to do the same thing. And he begins to give his time with God. He begins to give all the animals names. He gave them names. The Bible says he gave them. Have you ever thought about how hard it is to name something? We have four kids. It was hard. My wife wanted all like three and four syllable names. I was like one syllable. I was like, if, if, if the name hits your hand three or four times, that's too hard for me because I don't want to call my kids something I can't spell. I'm going to say that. And so I knew that at some point in time they'd be going to college and, sir, could you write your kid's name? And I'd be like, damn. And so I was like, let's just go with Luke. Stan. You know, smallest words possible. Have you ever tried to name a dog? Or name a cat. Some of you like you, you're great name people. You're just like they roll off of you. Other people, you're like study your dog for a while, and you're like, what's his personality? I just wanna, I wanna kind of get his essence. I, I wanna kind of name the dog something, but all he does is sniff his butt, and you're like, that's not a good name. Hey, welcome to Sniffy. That's not a good name. That's not a good. In fact, you're a terrible. That's that's a terrible name. For Adam. He gave himself to the responsibility of naming 
Come on, have you ever thought of why that animal exists? You're having a little cookout at, at night, and then all of a sudden you hear this army of crickets trying to destroy your evening. And you're like, and they're right, they're, they're writing that symphony. <laughs> you're like, why do we need that? Or like you're just trying to, you know, just have a little barbecue. And all of a sudden you're talking to your friend and a June bug flies like right up in your mouth. In your mouth. And you're like, God, like why do we need that? All I'm saying is that Adam gave. It wasn't like he just named five things. He spent time. He studied it. It was biology. It was science. He got in there. He tried to figure out what they did. And he tried to make a name based. Like he gave himself to it. Then the Bible says that he named his wife. He was pretty creative. He was man. And he was like, whoa, man. Okay? The Bible says he gave his wife a name. Then he gave his energies and abilities and giftings to build a life. The Bible says that he gave his seed to his wife. And together they both began to give and it created a family. Then God gave them responsibilities. I'm just showing you the nature. Does that make sense? God gave. Man gave. Okay. But then it stopped. And there was a moment in the garden where he moved from a giver to a taker. And we are dealing with that today. Genesis chapter 3. Look at this. Genesis chapter 3. We're going to start in verse 6. They're going to have it up on the screen. And it says this. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and was delight to the eyes. What we're talking. Remember. Power. Glory. Lustful desires. Okay, look at this. Hey, we're building a building. If y'all want more insulation in the new building, I'm just saying that's an option. I'm just saying that's an option. Okay, all right. Okay. I know that wasn't spiritual at all, but, but it was funny. All right, here we go. But I'm serious. Okay, all right, here we go. All right, where am I at? Desire to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She took, she, what, what did it say? She what? Say, can you, one more time, one, two, three. She, the first time she took, the first time he took, the Bible says that she took, gave it to her husband. They took it. They took it. And they ate it. And, and, then, and then look here, look here. And the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed, they took leaves from the ground, and they tried to cover themselves. When giving stops in your life, so does multiplication, and we become takers and not givers. You hear what I'm saying? So, so here's, here's the concept. The concept is they looked and they took, and in, when Adam was operating under the way God had said it, boy, they were thriving. Come on, that, that, that everything was growing, God was moving. Listen, things were growing. Man, they were rolling. But then all of a sudden they begin to go, can this happen any faster? Can we cut corners? What is God not telling us? 
Do you understand if Adam would have not sinned, the enemy, the serpent, you can go read it, he, the serpent began to tempt Eve by saying, there's a lot that there's no proof. God's not telling you. Well, the best lie has a part of truth. The truth is there were things that God was not telling him because they weren't there yet. And so in the process of time, God gave authority to Adam. If they would have stayed the course and not sinned, it would have gone, it would have gone uh, man, couple, marriage, city, nation, world. And they would have been learning and had experience. And they would have learned in the process of time. But the enemy deceived them to try to get them to step now. You hear what I'm saying? The enemy knew that the only way to stop this, because God's plan was going to work. It was going to work. And the enemy knew the only way to stop this is to sever and stop the giving and to stop the flow. I got to interrupt it. And so here's the deal. I'm going to use this as an example. These, don't worry about these. These are, uh, some people call these golf balls. They, they, I'm going to use them today because they don't really work. They don't go straight. Um, um, and so, um, and so anyway, I, the Bible teaches us that you are sitting on giftings. You may not know it. Maybe people put them down when you were a child. But no, nonetheless, when you were born, that seed hit the egg you, giftings started. And so, uh, here's the deal. Uh, Gary, will you come up here real quick? Help me. Help me. Y'all give Gary a big hand. All right. Ian, come on up here. All right. Ian, come on. All right. Come over here, Gary. Come over here, Ian. All right. You've got gifts. Woo! Man, those are, not, those are nice gifts. They're nice and shiny. Uh, will you just give a gift to him? Give, give him a gift. Now, just give him another gift. Now, just give him another. This is what the devil did. And this is why. So, so here's a slow it down. Let's slow it down. Come on over here. Wait, why are you back up? <laughs> All right, slow it down. Go. The inner, so here's the deal. God set up a system of giving. And this system of giving was going to work. So the enemy wanted to disrupt the system of giving. You understand what I'm saying? And the only way to do that was to discourage or change the focus of what God set up. And so what happens is pain causes us to stop giving. And then here's the deal. We never multiply. Just stay there. We never multiply. You, you hear what I'm saying? This is what is happening. And it's not based on a party. It's not based on where you live. It's based on humanity. Because here's the thing. We begin to see that we have giftings. Listen to this. And the world tells us, you've got to fill this up. But God says the only way to fill it up is to give. The world says, people will hurt you. Do not give. And try to do it yourself. And so the whole time, you are trying to work hard to fill back up what God has for you. But the only way that you multiply it is by giving. You hear what I'm saying? Is this, you, you getting this? Okay. So here's what happens. This is why people think, oh, you know what? 
kind of, one of those. All right, yeah, throw them back to me. No, not, not all at one time. All right, cool. All right. all right, sorry. All right, cool. All right. So we begin to see all of these dropped balls in life. Okay? And so we work so hard to try to pick them up. And we begin to think, you just stay there. We, we begin to think, oh, if I get married, I'll have purpose. If I have kids, I'll have purpose. If I get that degree, I'll have purpose. If I get that four degrees, I'll have purpose. If I get that job with the corner office, I'll have purpose. And here's the thing. What you have found out is that it doesn't matter what you achieve. It is never enough because there is an incredible thirst in your life to try to fix yourself. But the Bible says that if you will unlock your purpose and begin to give it, then here's what God will do. The Bible says that God gives seed to the sower. So here, will you give that to Gary, please? I'm not going to hit you. Will you give seed to the sower? 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 How much you want? <laughs> all right. All right. L listen to this. You hear what I'm saying? Now, but here is the issue. Because we have this insatiable desire, will you stand right here? Stand right by me. That's it. What we do is we compare. And so now it is, he was happy with what he was given until he saw what he had. Oh, look at all that. Here, y'all stand right there so they can see. And so Ian's so happy until he sees what Gary has. You hear what I'm saying? If you want to move forward, you got to do it the way God created, not the way the culture says. And we are givers. Does this make sense? Y'all give these guys a big hand. Go. That's how you use a golf ball. Listen, for us, if you're going to thrive in your life, you've got to unlock the giving, because here's the deal, God gave first. Well, you know what, what did God ever do for me? What did God do? That's funny that you asked that, I'm going to tell you. All right, will you put that up here, please? Put the image up there, please. God gave to you in such mighty, extravagant ways that just because you don't know what he did doesn't mean he hasn't done it. How many of y'all have ever been tempted to go out to eat because you figured there was nothing in the fridge. Let's just be honest. And then someone has a moment with you. Let's call them your wife. And they say, hey, why do you want to go out to eat? I just got groceries. And I'm like, what? You did? I didn't know that. There's no reason to go out to eat now. And she's like, you're right. Come on. Is it? What would happen if you came to church but you never really understood all that God did? Because when you understand all that God did 
And listen, I don't want you to have to be at church for 30 years before you see what God's done for you. And I'm, listen, I'm hoping that your hands go a little higher. I'm, so, I'm hoping that your tithe, your giving, your serving, your all of this begins to unravel out of you, unflow out of you. Because here's the deal. He is the one who is sustaining it. And he will, you understand what I'm saying? Okay, okay. So let's talk about this. God gave his son to, listen, redeem you. Redemption. What is redemption? Listen, the only canceling that we need to be excited about is the sin on our life that he has canceled our debt. Canceled. Redeemed. Jesus' death on the cross redeemed you. Spiritual family, listen, you are not an orphan. You are not overlooked. You are not underlooked. You are not devalued. When you, because of what Jesus did on the cross, you are now adopted into a spiritual family that has people in Afghanistan, China, come on, the whole world. And one day, we're going to be kicking it. It's going to be a house party on the streets of gold. I don't know what they're going to play, but it's going to be exciting. And some of y'all are really going to get down because there's going to be no pain. There's going to be no ailment. You're not, you know what I'm saying? Some of y'all, it's been a while, you know what I'm saying? And you're going to be able to get, get low and low. And, okay. Right standing. Immediately you have right standing. In other words, I don't have to work for everything. When Jesus' blood covers you and you profess him, your confession is Jesus is the Son of God, forgive me of my sins, you are immediately in right standing. So that means that what happened last week, you got mad at someone, that cuss word flew out, you did something on the weekend, it was crazy. You are in right standing because you are covered under the blood of Jesus. Freedom. The only way to have real freedom is when Jesus severs the bondage on your life and his death on the cross severs it so that you can actually be free and break cycles, generational issues and cycles off of your life. And it's because of what Jesus did that you can ultimately be free. So here's what I'm saying. You've been free. Now you got to learn. Access. Do you know that you can boldly come into the presence of God? Boldly. I got a son, a younger son who loves to mow, and he loves to boldly come in after grass everywhere. And I'm like, you have no access. Go out, take off your socks, then come back in. And he's, he keeps forgetting. And I'm like, oh, and when you walk out, sweep it all up. Come on. God never does that. What he says is, I don't care how dirty, jacked up, messed up you are. These doors are open because of your faith. You come on in and let's get to business. I don't need you to walk in shame. I need you to walk in confidence. I don't need you to walk into my presence acting like you don't need to be here. I need you to walk into my presence acting like I wanted to talk to you. That's what happened. Then we go, God gave us his word. What is his word? His word is, there is, it teaches us the authority of God but also the authority of the believer. That there is authority that you have as a believer, and there is also the authority of God. And so we begin to study to show ourselves approved, and when we do that, we begin to transform because the things that held us back, now we realize we have the authority, and I can resist the devil. I can push back the enemy. I don't always have to do everything I feel. I'm not an animal. 
Help me. An animal, just find a hydrant, let it rip. You don't have to do that to every hydrant. Look at this, wisdom. When we get into the Word, we begin to get wisdom. Wisdom is different than knowledge. If you wanted to, to come to me and say, hey, Pastor, my car's broken down. Could you help me? I'd be like, If you opened up the hood and you were like, what's that? I was like, oh, I don't know. Is that supposed to be there? I don't know. <laughs> I don't have the knowledge. Some of you have gone to school and you have a lot of professional knowledge. The Bible is different than knowledge. It is wisdom that teaches you how to navigate things that you've never experienced before. It teaches you how to think before you get into a situation. If you find yourself in a situation, oh, I wasn't ready for that conversation. I wasn't ready for that. Then you need to read Proverbs because it will get you wise so that wherever you step, you're ready. Come on. Holiness. God still cares. We blow it. We mess up. We sin. I, I, I get that. I get that. And that's why we don't judge people because you, no, you have no idea how they were brought up. You have no idea. You have no idea what people saw. The brokenness that they're dealing with. You have no idea. But there still is holiness. And so God wants us to get into the Word and begin to clean out all the toxic things in our life. He wants us to begin to turn the channel when we know that it's... He wants us to become on step up a little higher. God will all... If your faith doesn't cause you to step up, you ain't got faith. Because it will call you up higher. Have you ever been in a room... With a leader that you really respected. And what did they do? They called you up higher. Your boss. Someone you respect. Maybe a, 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 a representative. And you met with them. And you, you had respected what they've done. And when they walked in, all of a sudden, you were resting at a four, but you dialed up to an eight. Hey, how are you? <laughs> You're like, you dialed up. The presence of God should make you dial up. It doesn't leave you down here. It makes you, hold up, you, you, what you dealing with? No, no, no. There's a righteous, I'm, the same power that, that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. No, 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 you, you ain't a four, baby. Get up. Let's go. Kindness. Kindness. If you, when you read the word, you see from the, from the very beginning all the way through how kind the Lord was. God didn't send lightning bolts every second. There was some kindness. He, he, let, he let the people work it out. And he sent a prophet and he sent a judge. And he let people. And he was always, the Bible says his kindness leads us to repentance. Come on. And so there's mercy and there's grace. And if you don't read this Bible, then you will think it's only morality training. But there is the nature of God in this word. Come on. And he's given all of that to you. And then last but not least, he's given you his spirit. That's the who. He, the Holy Spirit is active in your life. Like he leads you. Listen, wouldn't you love a coach to help navigate you on what to say to your wife or husband in the moment when it gets real? 
on, just like a timeout, like, okay, hey, are we going, what do we do? And then all of a sudden, we, we can feel it go into a level seven, a level eight, a level nine, and all of a sudden, timeout. Hey, just want to let you know, I'm looking at what's happening here, and I'm seeing that you're both stressed. And I don't know if you know that, but the project that she was supposed to turn in, three of her team members didn't show up, and so she wasn't able to. So she'll have to work on it right now. So she can't really be in this conversation about what to eat for dinner tonight because she has something else to do. And you are offended that she's not listening to you, but she can't listen to you because you're going to be fired. Oh. All right, ready? Go. Hey, babe, you know what? It doesn't matter. I'll cook dinner tonight. And, and then all of a sudden, you will? And then boys, the men starts playing. <laughs> Here's the deal. God knew you would need it, so he sent you a coach, an active teacher that would remind you. And re But here's the deal. You can't be reminded what you don't. This is why we're struggling because we're not in this book. Because we see it as a textbook, not as a way to navigate life. Come on. And the Holy Spirit will remind of His Word. That's what Jesus said. Jesus told the disciples, I'm sending the Holy Spirit, and He's going to remind you everything that I said. Listen. He's a gift giver. In other words, like every one of you are sitting on really awesome golf balls. Not really. I mean, like, you're not really. And, and you have gifts. And these gifts are all over the place. Some of you are incredibly creative. Some of you are incredibly, you know, you, you, you solve problems. Even at, at home, online. You're, you, you are an administrator. You're, you're good at seeing problems, fixing things. You're a builder. You're... Why did God give you all this? So that you could be impressive on TikTok? Or, or Instagram, did God give you this so that you could grow a business, so you could have five fast boats? I'm not mad at you. And I don't care what you have, as long as they don't have you. But God gave you this so that you would change people's lives. He gave you a Holy Spirit, a Holy Spirit, gift giver, power. Power to make it through incredibly hard days. Power to overcome emotions. Power to overcome addictions. Come on. And then conviction. The Holy Spirit knew you would all be navigating the, the power and the glory and the fleshly desires. And so here's what the Holy Spirit does is he convicts us of sin. In other words, you're, you're kind of watching something all of a sudden. Or you're in a conversation and it went really bad. And then you're driving and all of a sudden, hey, you know what? You shouldn't have said that. But she started it. And then it'll just be quiet for a while. And then I know she started it, but it was a level four and you took it to a level eight. I know, but she was. And all of a sudden, it may take you two or three weeks. I know some people that it's taken them 10 years to hear what God's been trying to tell them in their 20s.
But the Bible calls us stiff-necked people, and we don't want to listen. We only want to be in control. Hear what I'm saying? But the Holy Spirit will. And here's what I love about the Holy Spirit. He is a gentleman, and he will do it in private, and he will do it. So here's the deal. What I'm not saying is you are the Holy Spirit. You don't get to go correct and convict everybody. I see what you're doing. The Holy Spirit will do that if, okay, can I tell you this? The Holy Spirit will not navigate and correct you if you don't put the word in. He corrects us based on what revelation we have. So the revelation moves our morality and life, and then it alters us. Does this make sense? Okay, I'm spending some time. We're almost done. I just need you to know that God has given you everything you need. I'm going to say it again. For those who just woke up, thank you so much. I'm so glad you're here. I appreciate that. It's been a great service. God will give you, has given you everything that you need. And so as we end today, here's the thing that I, I want to give you two points real quick. And then the band can come up. Two points. God gave first. The church has to be the primary giver in society. The church has to be the primary giver in society. So here's what I am telling you. Your purpose is wrapped up in what you give, not what you take. This verse changed my life for the way that we do leadership. We've been a church for five years. Um, this verse changed my life. Look at this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap, what? Come on, say it, sparingly. Oh, and whoever sows bountifully will reap what? Do we have any bountiful people? All right, well, I, 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 I'm just saying. Do we have any people who want to move in the bountifully? Okay. Here's what the Bible says. It's up to your giving. It's up to your giving. Look at the way, bountifully. Each must decide in his own heart, not under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Why is that important? Because, can I tell you something? You don't give to people with invisible contracts. I gave to you, so when I call on you, I'm expecting you to. That's not giving. I have decided in my life there are going to be some people that reject me. There's going to be some people that come to our church. There's going to be people who leave this church. But my job is to give cheerfully every single day and let God come on work everything out because I'm not letting anybody's conflict or attitude determine my bountiful blessing in life. I am a giver and I want to give. And so here's the deal. We have given Cars, payments, we're going to give because here's what I want you to know is I believe that we sow where we want to go. Hear what I'm saying? And so for us, if, if, if you feel like there's more, what you giving? Because there is more, but I can tell you, you won't get there by taking. You will only get there by giving. Let me give you two thoughts today, two reasons to give. The first is giving fulfills your purpose. 
giving fulfills your purpose. For us, it is important that we use our time, our talent, and our treasures. Way too many people are taking offense but not giving hope. Way too many people are taking someone's value instead of giving value to somebody else. This church is not going to be takers. We're going to be givers. We're going to be givers to our society. We're going to be givers to our neighborhoods. We're going to be givers. We're going to be givers. We're going to be givers. But here's the deal. You're going to have to make a choice. Am I going to believe that whatever I give, God will return it? See, we don't give to get. That's not the motive. We give because it's the nature of God, and God will begin to do what he does. Because the why, why would the Bible want someone who has the heart to give, put them in a place where they have nothing to give. God will never do that. There was always something. The woman who had only a little bit of oil, she didn't think she had anything to give. And the prophet said, if you give it, it won't run out. You hear what I'm saying? So here's the thing. Time. We give our time to the Lord. We give our process. Can I tell you, you can't speed through a process. It's going to take time. It's going to take time. For those of you who want to start a business, those of you who want to start, I'm here today because of 25 to 30 years of ministry, and I didn't get here overnight. I'm not an instant success. I have failed so many times. You know what I'm saying? If I took off my shirt, you would see my scars. You know what I'm saying? But I won't do that. Does that make sense? The truth of the matter is process. You give yourself to the process, to the people. You give yourself to people. You give yourself to allowing God to use what you have. Talent. Some of you sitting on talent. If you can sing, you better send a text. Steve, that was your time. That was your moment, Steve. That was your moment. I'm trying to plug your area. Listen. If you can sing, but don't sit over here and, and, and you can sing and you can do, but you're just kind of waiting. What you, the Bible don't say, what, just scripture and verse, just tell me. Whatever you use, God will multiply. And whatever you conceal, he will never. Come on. Talents. For some of you, you, you are builders and you know how to, to like, you, you have a screw gun. You have like a hammer. And you're, you have a tool belt. You're like, you're like your next level people, okay? I have tools, but I can't find them. Come on, like you like have the tool belt. I want you to know that we are in the middle of a building, pro, uh, a building project. Um, and we're trying to be in this building by March. And so we are almost, we are like one week away from 90% plans. We are, we've been working, we've been getting bids, we've been doing, and we've been working hard, okay? And so... Stage one was owning the building. We own it. We own it. God did it. He did it awesome. We saved. We did. Come on. Come on. We, we own it. It's ours. Now we're in the, the second phase. And the second phase is not to own it, but who is going to obey the Lord to say, what do you want me to do? And so here's the thing. We have to raise $450,000. In order to finish phase one, there's going to be four phases. I'm going to talk more about this later on. Phase one is all the bottom. If we demo 
the building, we can save $108,000. So guess what we finna do? <laughs> we finna demo that mug. <laughs> and so here's the thing. I have three dates. I'm hoping you take a camera, your camera out, and you take a picture of this and you check your calendar. Because I know that some of you have talents and abilities. And so on the first demo, so the first one is a cleaning day. You, and, you, you don't have to have no talent. Just, just breathe. You breathing, you come. Yeah, in Jesus' name, amen. Come on. Like, my talent is I can take things to the trash. I am good at taking things to the trash. I'm just going to take it to the trash. Pastor, what's your talent? I'm taking things to the trash. That's what I'm doing. On the 23rd to the 25th, so this, the, the roof is like 28 feet high. We're going to bring the stuff in. And each demo day, we're going to bring it down a level until we get to the last, which is about six feet, and we're going to just turn people loose. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to pay for your counselor that week. You just go. Listen. But we are, we are going to do this, and so here's what I'm asking you to do. Some of you have uh, vacation time. Some of you have, some of you have uh, charitable days in your organization where you can give a day to a nonprofit. Some of you have friends that, you know what, they just want to do good and they want to help people. Like people don't, we, we don't only have to have people that go to this church. You may have friends that are looking for something to do. And you may want to start connecting with people here, but you didn't want to greet people. And you don't want to be on the stage, but I will, I will throw a hammer down. And so here's what we're asking you to do. We're asking you to give. We're asking you to give your, your talents. And then, you know, we're asking you to give your treasure. And, and, I, and here's the thing. This is not self-seeking. Remember, the, the tithe, tithe, which means 10%, started before... Th- the covenant. It was before. And I'm just telling you, I don't know anybody who has tithed consistently and regularly that has regretted it. And so if you have found yourself at a holding place, then I would ask you, the Bible says wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart is. And so I'm asking you when we come together in the middle of service to begin to pray and to give, don't rob God, be a giver. Well, pastor, I can't do 10%. What can you do? What can you do? Don't be here for a year growing and developing and not giving. The last thing is this, and Banyan, go ahead and come up. Giving reaches people. If you really want to reach this community, we'll build a bigger church. Not because I care about, I don't care about the brand. I don't care about the name. If y'all, some of y'all have just started coming over this COVID season and you don't really know us. But I'm telling you, I'm, I, you will love it here because I'm a straight shooter or you won't like it because I'm a straight shooter. I will love you, but I'm not coddling anybody. We will help you. But we're not going to hold you forever. We got systems to help pick people up. But we expect you to get on your feet, to get rolling, and pick somebody else up. That's the deal. And so two weeks ago, three weeks ago, I went to Belize. We have a missionary people who used to be on our staff, and now they're in Belize. And... um, 
the man that they're staying on this campus, the man who, uh, he came up and we just kind of had a dinner together and he just said, I, you know what, you remember the story of, and begin to tell me the story of how we met. The first time I went to Belize, I worked with another organization and we were doing a, um, a youth conference and his son at the time was, I don't know, 13, 14, and he was really rebelling, running away from the things of God. And uh, he had heard that we were coming, didn't really know me at all. We had never met. And he said, you're going to go to that. And the kid was like, I ain't going. I'm not, I'm not. And, the, and the dad was like, if you want to eat tomorrow, you're going. And so he made him go. Came back home the next day, got in the car an hour early, was ready to be there. And it was a pivotal moment in his life that began to change his trajectory. Well, now nine years later, we had no idea that that moment with this young man would connect me to his father that nine years later one of our staff members would be living on his campus doing ministry reaching the nation of Belize come on is that good what you think you're giving may seem insignificant but God is a multiplying God and there is no insignificance, come on, in the kingdom of God. And so I am telling you, as you begin to give, serve, go through framework, make this your church, whatever you're doing. And if you want to give outside the church, there's a thousand things that you can be doing. But I am telling you this, the nature of a Christian is a giver, not a taker. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.